What's up, you creepy fucks? It's your boy, BP, and welcome to the, the newest episode of the uh, Let's Talk Horror channel podcast. Um, this is going to be a fucking mad one. It's insane because we're talking about one of the most insane movies I've ever seen. And the good thing is I'm not on my own doing this one. I've got a guest with me after the last one that was super, super duper intense and personal. The, the Donnie Darko episode where we're back to having another guest, which I'm super excited about. Um, the guest on this episode, we've got, I've already had this discussion. I'm going to get your name wrong and everything else wrong, but we're going to go. So we've got Zayfod. That's wrong, isn't it? No, it's pretty close. Right. <laughs> that's not too bad. <laughs> Um, and you are part of the um, Spaceman and the Doll podcast. That's right, isn't it? Yes. Yes, that's correct. I knew I'd get something right. Actually, I didn't. I literally said I'd get it all wrong. So I didn't do too bad. Um, um, how are you? 95%. Yeah, that's it. I'm, 95%. I'm I'll take 95% because that's more than what I get in most other things. Um, you're good. How are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I've just uh, come back from cinema. Not yeah. long anyway. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know. We're here now, and that's all that matters, right? Yeah, um, I'm here to talk about a very strange film. Yeah, a very it's strange film. It's basically film. a mad fever dream. Yeah, it's like, basically, when I watch this film, I feel like... I feel like the times when I was, like, out clubbing, and <laughs> and then um, it was all the times after, you know, when, when you're in the downtime, and that's what I feel like this film is um, to me. Mm. Like, when I watch it, it's like being on a trip um constantly for like an hour and a half two hours however long it is and I mean, it's just the lighting is very club-esque oh yeah it is it is it's 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 fucking mental this film but they don't even know what it is yet and i'm not oh, well, do you know what we're telling them we're going to be talking yeah, was... about we're going to be talking about mandy um which is a bit of a weird one to do because i mean the horror community have, have seen it most of them pretty much everybody i speak to yeah, I would say it's more of a horror art film, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like anybody else that's like a moviegoer, um, who even like a lot of them who love cinema are like, what the what the fuck is Mandy? And then they watch it and they're like, what have you made me do? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is it is crazy, um, but it is fantastic otherwise i wouldn't be doing a fucking podcast about it I will, i'm not going to do a podcast about a shit film that's what i leave my reviews for as you know <laughs> yeah it's one of it's one of nick cage's finest works i would say personally yeah well it's sort of um i mean we're getting to it a little bit later when we we talk about the film and stuff but it's definitely a really good one because i'll talk about that as i say a little bit later but it all i'll say now is it, it's sort of that started that resurgence of Nicolas Cage um, for a different type of fan base. Um, and it's, you know, now sort of the first sort of film that really started to carry his career in a different sort of direction. Um, but in the best possible way. Mm, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, so let's let's get into it. Let's talk about this fucking mental film, Mandy. Um so as usual, one of the things that I love to do now, because, you know, you go on Google and look up any film, you're going to get the most basic synopsis and, and it will tell you nothing. And a film like this is the prime example because you can't tell like a film like this in a sentence. But Google have tried. So this is what Google have said. Red Miller, 
sets out to settle scores with a deranged hippie cult when they disrupt his beautiful, peaceful life, wreaking havoc in his haven and kidnapping his wife, Mandy. And that that's basically what you get. Um, yeah, but that's like the last half of the film, if anything. Yeah, like it's not... <laughs> it's just Google, isn't it? It's you know, like that's that's basically some some guy that's just sat down and and watched it, or like you say, he's probably just watched the last bit of the film and then gone, yeah, I've got it, I understand it. It's the that's... guy that's been briefly told what the film's about. Yeah, and then it's by by the way, you've got to put this on Google, and he's like, oh fuck. <laughs> I bet you the guy who does the synopsis is either like that guy who literally doesn't give a fuck, or the guy that's like having a nervous breakdown constantly. I feel like um, it would be more the second one. Yeah, yeah, more than likely. He's just sitting there while Google shouting it. By the way, I'm convinced Google is a real person. Um, so, <laughs> so I just refer to um, re- refer to Google as a, as, as a, a living being, a living person who's just going to go around shouting at people. I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's there already. Yeah, I'm sure it give is. It, give it a couple more years if it's not. And then it'd just be a real person, and no one will fucking know. Yes, yeah, like um, Amazon. Amazon's going to be a real person soon. Oh yeah. I mean, it's just scary. Scary of the world we're getting into. But um, at least we've got, like, Nicolas Cage around. He could probably be mad enough to fight back. Um, <laughs> he's going to be the yes. saviour of humanity, yes. Nicolas Cage. Go do, a bit of a, go do a bit of an LSD first. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure he does it every fucking day of his life. Um, I mean, he looks it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with the guys. I can't remember who it was, but he hangs out with, like, some of the dudes from, like, I think it's like Motley Crue or something like that, but he just hung around with like loads of those getting into fights with women at some point and it's fucking mental. What a life no, he, he was has. hanging around with uh, Marilyn Manson at one point. I think yeah, yeah. Ago. I mean, thank God he don't do that anymore, eh? I mean, cause dogs, you never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. I mean, Manson, Manson's cancelled now, isn't he? Um, as they say. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's what Google gives you. Um, but, Obviously, on the Let's Talk Horror channel, I like to give you a longer version or a more in-depth version um, of the events that happen in Mandy. So, so the film opens with some sick guitar licks and blends into some really smooth, sexy beats. We see madman Nicolas Cage lumberjacking his way through life. Then we cut to Mandy and she's getting fucked up on some sort of weird pipe um, and she's painting boobs um you know which is art so she can do what she wants uh and she's rocking a motley crew tee so straight away you know this you know she's fucking badass and the paintings she does are like awesome as well um so straight away you can see um the love that they have for each other through how they look and talk to each other um either when they are talking about their favorite planets so in that scene um i really like that because it you don't get a massive long journey of like a beforehand or in the movie of you know their relationship and so on and you don't really know too much but I think it's really well acted by both of them because you can see the love in their eyes if you get what I mean yeah it's it's presented pretty early on and pretty quickly yeah like the way that Nicolas Cage is looking at Mandy as she's doing her artwork you know like you feel like he just does a really good job at selling like straight away that whole he can't believe what how lucky he is if you get what i mean yeah and he'd do anything if anything happened exactly and that's that's a very good point of the movie um 
so also their house is cool as fuck and the imagery in this film is already weird it's like you're on acid like we said um which is obviously quite clearly the intention but either way it looks stunning um, we are treated to a lovely memory from M- M- Mandy's past where her dad is basically an utter <laughs> douchebag, um, smashing in baby birds' heads and getting kids to try. Um, obviously, he's just a piece of fucking shit, <laughs> which is a weird yeah, fucking like, scene. How the hell is, I was like, how the hell is Red supposed to go to sleep after hearing that story? Yeah, I know. Like, that's it. Like, you just have nightmares, nightmares, or or like you wake up in the middle of the night and out the corner of your eye, you can see her like grabbing birds from the trees and smashing them. (laughs) Yeah, it's not not something you want to hear before you go to bed, back to sleep, is it? No, no, exactly. Exactly. It's like, by the way, this is what happened. Good night. Sleep tight. And (laughs) Katie's just like, oh, fuck. Um, Um, so uh, now Mandy has gone for a stroll uh, where a van drives past her introducing some of the others characters to the mix the children of a new dawn which is a pretty sweet name Um, I gotta admit I I did like the way they came in yeah yeah. of them driving down the road was pretty cool it is it is cool because it's not like it's not like really like stand out you know what i mean it's just like a like a quite cool way of them introducing these characters into the film you know like it's just like Mm. they're driving down the road and then suddenly they see mandy and then it does like a really fucking weird shot where she's like staring at him and it's once again you're like am i on crack it's just really slow as well yeah yeah it is um so yeah so i mentioned the children of the new dawn so jeremiah uh, Jeremiah, the leader of the group, um, straight away that establishes himself as an absolute arsehole. Um, I want to punch him in the face right away. Like, as soon as I saw him, I mean, that's the point. He He's so perfectly casted because as soon as he has that scene where he's sort of lying down, I just I just wanted to punch him in the face straight away. Oh, yes. When he's talking to uh, Sally. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. I will refer to her as Sally. From yeah, I, I know. I, I was going to mention that later on. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. I, I'm sure we'll mention that a little bit later properly, because I don't know yeah. if other people know. Um, and if they do, then obviously they're about as mad as we are for horror. I'm sure you should know by now. Yeah, definitely. It's on um, Netflix, but, I, when, yeah, <laughs> but when I was watching that scene, I felt like he was like, basically, I, I, I don't know what it is, but I just felt like he was like a really, he was like a really shit demon who couldn't make it like basically with the big boys and he got left behind and now he wants Mandy. Like that's, that's how I thought of like felt like about his character. Like he was just like so resentful and, and has so much hatred for people because of how much he fucked up um, or was fucked over or so he thinks um, that he was just a dickhead straight away. So yeah, so, so straight away, obviously, you know, you know that these people are weird as well. Cause you get this strange little weird rock, thing that ends up being like a, a pipe or whatever it is um yeah it's like some sort of like meteor or something yeah it looks like it, some it looks sort like of like a distance. meteor sort of yeah that you can there's an instrument um but then that instrument um seems to call some absolute badass messed up biker gimps <laughs> um you know that they have they sort of are very reminiscent and i think they sort of are meant to be, but they sort of, for me, I, they're quite reminiscent of like the Cenobites. So obviously, like from oh, Hellraiser. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Because I was literally, for a while, I started calling them uh, Cenobite because 
that's that's a sick name for them, Cenobikers. You know what? They're basically all like screwed up. Yeah, like yeah, that's that's awesome. I mean, you are exactly yeah, Cenobikers. But I mean, that's the thing. They, I, I mean, if they're not, it's mental, and that just means it's a fucking rip off. But they, I feel like that they are. You know, you know, there's something there that that is basing them that on on Cenobites from Hellraiser. Um, but that just sort of makes it even cooler, you know. And then, uh, yeah, so at this point, things start really kicking off um, because the Gimpy bikers uh, take their sacrifice um, for the capture of Mandy and then basically they just fuck right off. Um, Mandy is now tied up. Um, she she gets slapped. Um, shit gets in her eye. Um, she's stung by, like, this fucking massive bug thing, which is, like, terrifying. Like, yeah, what was like that bug? Uh, it's just, like, the biggest fucking bee thing i've ever seen in my life like imagine if that was like flying around um if we had them over here i'd be i'd be out i'm done oh yeah that's it yeah i'd be like i'd just i'd just stay in my house all the time it'd be like lockdown but because we fucking yeah yeah another one another one um and now yeah so basically and then because of they they stab her with this massive bug thing um she's got like all basically fucked up it's given her like the biggest high ever um and then so obviously captain douchebag slash failed demon man jeremiah um he's returned and guess what you you find out that he's essentially a failed musician who loves to dance talk utter shit and making his face look like mandy's which is weird in that sort of um i'm sure you noticed it as well and pretty much everybody else notices it when they watch the film but they do that weird sort of effect where they're merging sort of his face and her face like Mandy's face together. Yeah. Um, it's a bit weird. It was, it was interesting. Yeah, so, because it, it sort of, it adds to that illusion of like her being absolutely off her nuts. Yeah, because she's, she's like, like waving around, coming sort of like her focus isn't, yeah, it's all over the place. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, she, she's she's out of it. And um, and it's one of those sort of things where, but also it's, it's another weird thing as well, because you sort of think to yourself, well, why would she see her face on his face and so on? So I'm sure there's Good another like meaning to it that we don't really know about it. But yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that, that scene is a little bit, you know, basically it's a proper mind fuck. But then he gets his winky out. <laughs> he plays some bad music and gets his winky Yeah, basically uh, out. He, he's playing his own fat music that, he's a failed musician on and he started a cult that's essentially it and he then gets his dick out and wants to have sex with mandy and she's not about it she's like fuck off and then he gets she just super... laughs at him. sorry she just laughs at him yeah she laughs at him because i mean i would as well um <laughs> and i got that proper like buffalo bill vibes from it as well um from old silence of the lambs um oh, yes definitely so that's like another thing where I think they sort of drew a little bit from that as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, has, know, he has a look of it of Buffalo Bill as well. Yeah, he does. He does, doesn't he? Um, but yeah, he, he gets his cock out and she basically laughs in his face. And then obviously he gets sort of super pissed off about it. Yeah. And then obviously um, also it's weird as well, because I'm pretty sure he starts having a right old Tommy Tank like... <laughs> When he's when he's like talking to her and she's laughing at him, I'm pretty sure he's like tossing himself off. He might get off on the uh, being embarrassed or being like abused. He might be one yeah. of those type of guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 super Hello. messed up that scene. Um, hmm. 
but then it starts obviously it moves on from there so then Nicholas Cage or Madman Cage he's tied up um, and Jeremiah he then has plans so he continues to show you how much of a dick he is by making one of them put a gun to their head and pull the trigger but luckily it doesn't go bang Cage then gets stabbed by a fancy dagger and the mother um the motherfuckers burn Mandy to death, which is fucking awful. And they sit there making yeah. him watch. That was, that was pretty brutal. Yeah. I it mean, was, it was very uh, Friday the 13th esque. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It is. I mean, it's a basically, it's, it's a visually incredible scene um, with like a really great score, um, you know, music over the top. But, you know, once you peel all this back, you know, it's such a sad scene watching a man see. You know, the, the woman that he idolises, he loves, die in front of him. Um, it's you know, that's his best friend in the world. Yeah, point. exactly. It, it's such a sad scene and you could see it. You know, he can't do anything. He can't move. You know, he's just sitting there being forced to watch something. Um, yeah, it's, it's a nasty, nasty scene. But then obviously that's, you know, the pivotal scene that sets up the rest of this, this revenge story, really. It is the integral driving force of the movie. Um, yeah, because he just wants he just wants to take him out. I think it's yeah, it's definitely just a revenge film. Yeah, that's essentially what it is. But like, love. in the most like like weirdest way, like it's not like taken. It's a trippy revenge film or anything like that. It's like yeah, it's like an original revenge movie that you probably won't ever get to see again um, in a different sort of you know film or anything. Um, mm. So after getting himself untied uh, and crawling over to Mandy's uh, ashes, uh, he has like a cartoon dream and rage in the cage has been awoken. Yeah, he has um, anime dreams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was very weird. Yeah, there's like loads of like sort of like cartoon elements in it. I don't necessarily fit, know how I feel about those sort of scenes. I don't, but I mean, obviously it's purposely done because it adds to the whole trip which is essentially what yeah. watching mandy is like but i just i for me those scenes are like the only thing in a film that i don't necessarily like so much because it takes you out of the experience if you get you know what i mean it sort of takes you yeah, out of it it pulls you out briefly yeah but then i know like loads of people that really love those scenes and think it's just awesome because they caught they put you know you know cartoons and animation they put it inside the movie and it just adds to the sort of uniqueness of it which they're right but are those people high when they watch the film oh yeah yeah i mean i think most people are or feel like they I are i feel like if you're high and you watch it it may all make sense yeah yeah sober, yeah i reckon it's like it, they seem yeah. a little bit out of place maybe if you watch it absolutely off your nut it's like the opposite of watching it when you're not so like it all makes sense and it's like a proper love story. <laughs> well, I know what I'm doing after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then so now Red, um, after he's obviously escaped and everything, he now pays a visit to an old friend and he's come for the Reaper. Basically, he's, it's a fucking crossbow. Um, uh, we know obviously who who this guy is. Um, he's uh, the guy from Predator. I was going to say, I can't remember his name, but the only thing I can think of him being in is Predator. Yeah, his name's, um, what's his name? Bill Duke. I believe, I'm sure That's Bill it, Duke. Yeah. That's his name in real life. Yeah. Um, great actor. And um, he he makes me laugh as well because he was in, um, obviously, Predator, which is one of the A best. Classic. 
it's one of the best action films you can ever see. It is possibly an episode I'm going to do in the future. I know it lends more heavily into sci-fi. I might be able to get away with it, but I'd love... I think you'll be all right. I think there's enough, like, gar in it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, Predator is so good, but I've got so much to talk about with that film because I think... You can talk about special effects. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I just think it's just the, the behind the scenes of that film is fucking mental and everything that went on in it. So I think it would be worthy of a discussion. Um, well, as I'm talking about it, if you're listening to the podcast um, and you want me to do an episode about Predator, then send me a message and then I'll know whether to do one or not. And then if you if you don't send me a message, I'll probably just fucking do one anyway. I'll do what I want. It's my podcast. Um so, so yeah. you're wrong, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, so yeah, so he pays a visit to old Bill Duke. Um, he um, tells you the story of the Black Skulls, who were the biker dudes who basically got a bad batch of big time drugs and turned into a bunch of fucking mentals. Um, a man of yeah, many talents. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they got a bad batch and then he turned them into center bikers, as you call them which is an awesome name for him. And I, I promise I won't steal that ever. Um, <laughs> I'll allow you to steal it. Don't thank worry. you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> a man of many talents, Cage is now backing, uh, making a sweet looking death axe. Um, and after these black skulls, um, he's basically he's going after him. Um, he gets one, but does a shit job because he totals his car and he's captured again. But he does manage to pipe smash one of them before setting himself free again. So, like, he loves getting captured in this movie, but obviously he manages to get himself out of it. I, I want to know how he managed to flip that car. Yeah, he's like, it's, it's just mental, isn't it? It's just, but I reckon he probably wasn't meant to, just Cage just totaled it because he was drunk or something. <laughs> I want to rise, mate. Yeah, because he's chugging, like, we, bro- we briefly, we kind of escaped it, but he was chugging vodka half naked in his bathroom before he went on this vendetta. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty so, sure he was just actually drinking vodka. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he probably was. I mean, he's... But there's, no, there's nothing to support that. Yeah, no, there's nothing, but we know, we know he did. He was probably off his face and totaled a car on set and they were like, shit, we're going to have to use that. <laughs> it seemed far too real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so he goes uh, for a wander around the house at this point when he's got himself free again. Um, and he comes across one of them watching porn. Um, doing, <laughs> and he's sitting there doing some Charlie um, and he has a blade dick, which is fucking weird and brutal at the same time. You say, um, you say doing some, that was a pile bigger than Scarface. Oh, yeah. Like he was like full on Tony Montana, but like Definitely. times 10, uh, you know, with, with a blade cock. Um, yeah, I mean it's each their own, but each I'm not their own. But... Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. Um, but Co- he disposes of him pretty quickly, um, and and then so he does with another one, um, and then obviously <laughs> then obviously uh, Nicholas, at this point Nicholas Cage as well. He's, he then he starts taking drugs like mad as well um, because he starts doing some of that cocaine. Um, then he, he gathers a bit of cocaine and they dips his finger in the LSD, doesn't it? Yeah, so that's that's the bit I'm getting to now because that's like for me, this is like quite a big turning point for what could be what would like what the rest of the film is. Um, because he gathers his shit together, obviously. Um, but that's when he tries, you know, the bad stuff, like you just said. And that's obviously the stuff that turned the black skulls into, you know, the, the mentals that they are. 
um and and as they said like earlier on like but pretty much when you have some of that shit pardon me you're never the same again um yeah it rocks you yeah basically um so cage goes down and he battles the last one in a super like sweet fight and kills the fake cenobite freak to death um I mean, this scene, this whole scene is really cool, but it's one of the only scenes in the film that I wish was like longer because I feel like he disposed of all of them like well quickly. Yeah, it was far too quick, I thought. To say yeah. they're, supposed, they're supposed to be like these essentially like demons, demon bikers. Yeah. They were just gone. Yeah. It was about five, ten minutes worth of them. I'm like, yeah. oh. And that's it. Weak. And then that scene's all over. I mean, I'm guessing it's probably like budgetary you know uh you know to I do think they that. just thought they was getting to a they were getting to the two hour mark and like we need to wrap this up a little bit quicker <laughs> yeah maybe and they were like right you you'd fall over you die really quick you die just so we can make a little bit more time for nicholas cage to go and fight the one in that sort of quarry bit and um yeah and that, i mean that's that's a super cool fight um so after he's you know, killed them off. He heads to the junkie factory uh, where there's this dude and a tiger in a super tricky, trippy scene where he finds out where the children of the new door are basically hanging out. Um, and then that guy um, is basically in pretty much all like the Rob Zombie movies and Richard. Yeah, Brick, Richard that's Brick. the one. That's the yeah. one. Um, he's like a super weird guy. He's a really good actor and he's really intense. Um, yeah, he always plays the, the creepy dickish guy. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Unless yeah, he's yeah. in Rob Zombie and it's just that's just the entire film. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So then he gets um the freaky old weird dude first, um, which is yeah, because you got the older guy out of all of them, but yeah, he's the guy that dies first, um, in a well-deserved gruesome death. Um, and then Mullet Boy is next, he's the next one to go with an axe. Oh, I, over called, I called him Slackjaw because yeah. the first time you see him is just the jaw is just hanging. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, Snapjaw is a good name. Mullet Boy slash Slackjaw. Um, he's next with an axe throw for a champion. Um, and then he's on to the big boy, but this time armed with a chainsaw. Um, but this just won't fucking start. But then the big boy, he has his own absolutely massive chainsaw, um, which is absolutely hilarious, this bit, because obviously, you know, you really like, you know, he's disposed of everybody else quite quickly and now he's got himself a chainsaw and then, yeah, he can't start it. And then this guy stands up and you're like, oh, how's he going to fight this guy? And then he's got like the biggest chainsaw that's ever been made. This, uh, this scene honestly just reminded me of Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. like the chainsaw battle at the end. Yeah. That's all yeah. it was. It's pretty much it, yeah. Um, but it was fun. But it was fun. That's it. It's just, I mean, it's one of those films where the visuals just help it so much. Um, and I actually do think the, the the fight scenes are really like choreographed really well. Like I, I think Cage actually does a really good job at selling, you know, selling it. Um, and I'll get into a little bit more later, if I can remember as well, when we're talking about how we feel about it and things about the film. Um, because obviously it might be something that hints at, the whole backstory of red um and obviously of the things that he's done in the past but yeah um so the guy's got an absolutely massive chainsaw and we get another awesome fight fight that's visually insane and cage uh, uh, nicholas cage kills him uh with a chain pull um to the chainsaw and it's super gnarly basically just fucking he kills him to death and it's fucking blood everywhere and it's it's awesome basically um yeah he like lands on it yeah yeah, yeah it, 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 it looks awesome 
Um, so now the old lady is trying to sex cage up. Um, <laughs> but then he's uh, he obviously, you know, he's not going to go for it because he's off his face and he only has eyes for Mandy. So he cuts off her head and scares the shit out of the last one remaining Mr. Jerkface, Jeremiah, who thinks at this point he's the absolute G. And he's talking shit, trying to weasel his way out of death. But he's a fucking pussy, basically. So when the cage crushes his head um, in um, with basically with his bare hands, it's awesome. And I, I absolutely love this scene because I hated Jeremiah so much that I just thought that like that was just an awesome way for him to die. I thought it was funny how he was offering Nick Cage a blowjob if I hand though. Yeah, well, he's like he's... It, it flicks so quickly from oh, I'm the toughest, I'm like, I'm the Jesus man, I'm the leader to don't hurt me. I'll stop yeah, your dick. He's just he's just a pussy. Like the underlining factor of it is that, as I said, he like he wanted a career in music. It fucked up because he was shit. He's probably got screwed over or something, and has nothing but resentment. Resents resent, is resentful to you know for for everyone and everybody around him. Hates people, but underlining, he's he's a, just a pussy, isn't he? <laughs> so you know, yes, hundred percent. And and that's that's why I hate the character so much. But you're meant to, and that's the point. That's why I think he is such a good bad guy because that's essentially who he is in this movie. Even though it's so different to sort of like the classic action Hollywood revenge movies, essentially he is the big bad guy. And but he's he is a nasty one. But yeah, the underlying factor is that he's just he's just a fucking arsehole, and he deserves to get his head squashed in. Yeah, it was pretty good practical, practical effects as well. Yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. Um, so then we're starting obviously heading to the end. So Cage leaves and burns it all to the ground. And he gets in a car and drives off. And here we have the scene discussed by many um, who have seen the film. So first um, you see what I'm guessing is when Red and Mandy first met. And um, you get like that sort of glimpse where it looks like they're like at a gig or something. Um, yeah, they're probably like a concert. In, yeah, and I think they're like probably in the smoking area or something like that. I don't know. Um, if the 80s, I don't think there was a smoking area. No, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, you can just do what you fucking want. Um, but yeah, uh, and it, it was basically like a sort of glimpse, I think, as to the first time they met, which is really nice. Um, and then while driving off, all bloodied and happy as fuck, Mandy is in the car with him. And then she's not. And then he's like then on another planet or is he? And that's what's weird. Like, what does it all mean? You know, is he so stricken with the death of his love? He's gone mad. Is he it transcended from the LSD? Yeah, that's it. Is it that the drugs he took from the Black Skull's house has fucked him up for good? Um, because to say, like we said earlier, like once you take it, you can't sort of go normal. Mm. Um, or is everything that you see real? You know, the ending sort of is purposefully ambiguous. Um, and sometimes I'm not a fan of that. Like I do quite like films that are closed conclusions because you sort of know where you stand. Um, but with this film, I think it's the right ending because you don't really know what to expect from this film the start at the start, you know, from the second you see it. So I think the ending is sort of perfect for it. Yeah, as I said, from when you start, it definitely takes a turn to like the weird. Yeah, but yeah, like it's, it's when, when everything starts kicking off, you're like, hey, it's yeah, a bit weird. Yeah, it just goes weird. Um, but yeah, then I think 
but that's the thing it's just it's just such a well-made um film that it's so um interesting the ending because it has so many different sort of interpretations and it's so as i say ambiguous that it could mean so many things that you want it to mean really and that's what's that's what's really cool about the ending um yeah so that that is essentially my version um of the events that happen in mandy um it's fucking mental um and you know when you speak about these things you never do these sort of films justice so much but um you know that's pretty much what happens in it it's, it's batshit crazy um but a good way in but good in way. yeah as you say yeah in in a, in a good way um so that's the synopsis my longer synopsis probably probably a little bit better than google's um so let's get into some of like the little bit of info about the film. There's not much out there um, info wise for the film. So the film was released in um, 2018 and it's directed by Panos Cosmatos, which is pretty much the coolest name ever. Apart from yours, um, it's the coolest name ever. Um, it's, it's cool, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know whether it's like a stage name or anything like that. I don't know, but it's I don't just, think it is. I think it's his real name. I mean, it's awesome. Um, and the score is by, I will never get this right, but it's Johan Johansson. Yeah, and it was his last one. Yeah, and I was about to say, this is the last film score he did um, before he unfortunately died, which is why um, the film is, is dedicated in his honour. Um, and um, it's in production and it was released through um, Spectrovision, you U media U media whatever it was and xyz films um spectrovision and xyz films are pretty well known sort of now in in regards to um production or released through um in the horror community now yeah spectrovision's the one with elijah woods right yeah i think so yeah because elijah wood that's one of the facts oh do you know what i'm not even gonna say that now because otherwise that's ruined one of the facts <laughs> but you're right um but yeah um they're they're pretty <laughs> No, 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 it's all right. Wait, listen, you know, you've looked yourself. There's not much around for this film. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, but XYZ Films as well, they're around and, and everything like that. So, so you know, it, it got some pretty big deals in, in for, for horror um, to back it. Um, and then I'm going to go through the sort of the long list of, of, of people that are in it. So, obviously, it stars Nicolas Cage as Red Miller. Um, Andrea Riseborough. Who, which is once again pronounced completely wrong, but that's just part of something that I do now, um, as Mandy Bloom. Linus Roach as Jeremiah Sand, um, or as I like to call him, Bruce Wayne's dad, um, because he was uh, Bruce Wayne's dad in Batman Begins. Oh, he's called Ken Barlow's son. Is it? Yeah, Ken Barlow, the real actor, the father and son. What, the guy, the, Ken Barlow's from like a soap opera, isn't he? Yeah, it's from a Coronation Street. And that's his son? That's his real son, and he played father and son on Coronation Street as well. Oh, really? I didn't know that, because yeah. also, apparently, and I didn't look too much into this, apparently, he's actually a real leader of a cult. Yeah, called uh, Enlighten Next. Really? Yeah, he was. He helped run the spiritual group. No way. So, I mean, he's perfectly suited. Oh, yeah, he, he definitely took this role and took, brought some uh, life experience to it. And I mean, I hope that life isn't the experience isn't getting his winky out and flapping it around. 
like um, it, I, I, I don't know. I hope Ken Barlow knows about that. Um, <laughs> Ken Barlow. Um, Bill Duke as Caruthers, or, or however you want to pronounce it, but like I said, from Predator and Commando. Um, in Predator, he's the guy that goes fucking batshit crazy uh, with the gun and, and he's like tells Carl Weathers to shut up, basically. It's like, shh. Um, such a fucking good film. Um, yeah, it's definitely a good film. Richard Brake as the chemist, as we said, from all the Rob Zombie movies. Um, and then you start getting to other people. Um, so Ned Dennehy as Brother Swan. Um, Alwyn Führer. I can't pronounce that fucking name. I'm not going to buy it. But as Mother Marlene. But as you said earlier, um, Sally Hardesty from the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, which I won't say anything about. I've got a review up now on the, the YouTube channel um, that actually went on for a lot longer than what was intended about the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So if you want to know my thoughts, go and um, watch that because um, it's quite in-depth as usual. I always talk with my heart on my sleeve and I definitely do in that um, that review. But yeah, she was the new Sally Hardesty that got fucking killed and thrown to the garbage, literally. Um, Hayley say. Hayley Saywell as Sis. That's all that's all they've got for her name. Um Lynn Pillette. I can't, I can't fucking pronounce these. As Sister Lucy. Um Clement Baronet as Brother Clopec. Alexis Jumont as Brother Hanker. Stephen Fraser as Brother Lewis. There's a lot of brothers. They're not actually brothers. Um Ivalio Dimitriov, that's a good name, as Scratch. I'm getting I'm guessing we're getting into the Cenobikers here. Um, Kayleen yeah, Kerin, like, like Kerin as Scabs. This is a good one. Tamas Hagio as Fuck Pig. And then obviously, I know, I know which one that is. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And you can't leave out, obviously, Paul Painter as the Cheddar Goblin. Yeah, we didn't talk about the Cheddar Goblin. Uh, I mean, we can get into that because that's fucking weird. Um, so Mandy sits currently on IMDb at 6.5 and on Rotten Tomatoes, 90%. So Rotten Tomatoes, you know, it's, it's been around since 2018. So 90%, I think, is fair for this film. That's but as usual, um, mm. but as usual, IMDb, 6.5. Like that's, I, I did this before last time I had a guest when I did The Lost Boys, but 6.5 is way too fucking low for this film. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, especially when it's sitting at 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. But at the same time, you sort of get it because it's this film is really like an acquired taste. Um, so, yeah, so you sort of um, get why IMDb would sit it at sort of 6.5 because I know the type of people that will go on there and review it because they're like, this is not Fast and Furious, so I hate it. <laughs> um. <laughs> All the written sites are just terrible for the most part. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I just like to look at them and then just go, oh, what have they rated this and and so on. But um, yeah, IMDb's are pretty much always wrong. Um, and the film played at the Sundance uh, Film Festival to very positive reviews, with most applauding the fearless direction and performances. Mandy had a budget of six million, but only made one point four million. So basically, really bombed at the box office. Um, which, once again, I'm not surprised about. But apparently, neither were the producers. They actually thought that one point four million 
was more than what they were going to get, which is surprising that they end up putting six million down for the budget. Um, I think with Tom Dunst, it's very uh, hit or miss. Some yeah, of them just, yeah. just slide by and some of them like rocket like um, whiplash. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it said it done really well um, at Sundance. It's just made nothing commercially, you know, cinema wise and so on. Mm. Apparently it opened really well to like test audiences and stuff like that or when it first opened. But then after that, I think the word of mouth of them, people saying how fucked up and how weird it is that probably just killed it off because unfortunately sometimes people don't want to give these sort of films a chance, even though they should. No, um, yes. definitely give it a chance if you're listening and you haven't yeah, seen it. Absolutely. Um, facts about Mandy. This is pretty much all I can find. So hopefully you've got something different, but if you haven't, then don't worry because probably there's not. like nothing out here. Probably not. Right. Here we go. So one, Elijah Wood was a producer on a producer on the movie. Uh, number two, the awesome chainsaw fight had only one night to film and it was apparently absolute chaos. Um, they basically run out of time, run out of money, and they had to do it all in one night and choreographed everything there. And yeah, apparently it was fucking mental to try and do like the most stressful day that they had. Why, um, why is it there... not behind the scenes of this film? Because I want to see that chaotic there. Oh, yeah. Like, this is the thing. I mean, do you know what? I'll, I'll talk about that now. But I really miss, um, like, being a fan of films in general and being a fan of, like, horror, I miss so much the amount of special features we used to get on DVDs. And I thought, bearing in mind, like, Blu-rays is, like, the new thing and everything, I thought, yeah. like, things were going to go fucking mental with Blu-rays where you were going to get so many special features and that people were going to be, like... Because it got to a point where people would buy DVDs of films they've seen, like especially with films like Evil Dead and stuff, because you would get amazing commentary and then you would get amazing, um, you know, like behind the scenes, you know, documentaries and footage and stuff. And I remember they did like, like a three hour behind the scenes of Rob Zombie's like Halloween. Yeah, um, I miss the old documentaries. That yeah, and that's it. And now I just feel like they don't, really do that anymore and you're you think to yourself why because people like you know like us and that we like we absolutely love and really really enjoy um you know the behind the scenes process so it is really frustrating that we don't get it so yeah you're right like i would love to see behind the scenes of mandy of just everything and then yeah seeing that that day where it was like absolute chaos you know that's interesting to me um but Maybe we need to demand it from panos Oh yeah, I mean, we, we they just need to go back to it because you know it's there is so much in horror, and this is why I've always, ever since I was a kid, loved horror movies because every you have to have so many elements, especially back you know, like obviously in the seventies and eighties when we didn't have CGI and all this sort of stuff that we do now. Um, but because everything had to be done practically, that it was so much of it was all about figuring it out. Um, so that's why I'm such a, a fan of horror and that, because it's not just when you watch the film and you go, yeah, that was a good film. It's the whole process that especially the older you get, you understand the whole process that goes into these films. And then you're sort of like mesmerized by it and you want to see 
how all of that's created and you don't really get that so much anymore and it's fucking shit um yeah i mean i love practical i've always been brought up on like the 80s films of all the practical effects yeah and i think cgi if it's done well i can deal with it yeah see uh physical effects are so much better yeah absolutely i mean if you you know you take for me the thing which is like i say for me is the best practical effects that's ever been put in a film um you know those effects are there to aid the story to be a point of the story and to progress it and so on and it's just so you know that's just the way that they did it um whereas cgi now is literally used for everything so like you don't people don't even have to be there in a room anymore because the room can be fake um but the problem is is pretty much most of the time when you're watching you know it's fake because it doesn't look real um yeah i think the thing that bugs me the most about cgi is like fake blood yeah yeah like come on just get dirty yeah 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 exactly like come on just you know you literally i mean we spoke about it when i did the instagram live like literally you just need syrup red food coloring green food coloring you've got yourself fake blood and then just chuck it over someone that's it but yeah then as you say they just don't bother fucking getting anybody dirty anymore and it's just too easy to get some someone in front of a computer to to do it all for them which is sad but um that's the movie industry now right um where were we oh yeah so that was a change where we oh so number three the chemist's pet tiger was originally going to be a lizard um but thank god it's a tiger because i mean tigers are fucking awesome so um yeah i don't think i've been as threatened by a a lizard no no exactly just a fucking massive tiger there walking off is it's just awesome um number four the film is dedicated to the movie's composer johan johansson uh, which uh, I apologise for more than likely pronouncing his name wrong. But yeah, it was, as we said earlier, this was um, his last film that he did um, before he passed away. Um, number five, Nicolas Cage was first approached to play Jeremiah um, rather than Red. But I'm, I'm glad that those sort of roles were reversed. Um, I feel like if he played Jeremiah, it would have been a whole different film. Yeah, I mean, it would have definitely been, been in it a lot more. Yeah, because you just, he wouldn't, I don't know, I don't think he would have been, been able to play somebody that you truly hate as much as that other guy. Also, I don't know if I want to see Nick Cage's penis. In That's film. a good point as well. So I don't, <laughs> don't want to see his fucking ding, ding, dingly dangly all, all swinging around. Um, number six, the weapon forged by Red was a homage to the F in metal band Celtic Frost's logo. Um, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard of them before. It's just a fact that I saw. Um, but yeah, apparently it's based on the F. If you if you get their logo, uh, I did I did Google them. It is based off the F. The F is very similar. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, number seven, the opening text lines are actually the last words of Douglas Roberts, um, who was a murderer. Um, they were the last words he said. Um, he was sent in, sentenced to death. I always wondered what they were as well, because it's like, it's pretty cool, um, you know, standout sort of text and so. And I thought it was from a song. I was trying to figure out what song it was from or Google it. But yeah, apparently he's the last words from a murderer. So that's nice. Um, Start as you mean to go on. Exactly. And then uh, number eight, which is the last one I've got, is Mandy. Uh, what have I got? Mandy and Red live at a lake called Crystal Lake. And this is quite obviously a homage 
uh, to Friday the 13th. Yeah, I heard him say Christology. I'm like, where the hell is Jason? Jason is three in this film as well. Yeah, like, like where, as soon as they mention, like, that's like the most blatant nod in it. Like, you know, you've got the the, the potential Cenobites and and so on, and there's a loads of homages in in the film, um, but that's like a blatant one. Like, where do you live? Oh, just Crystal Lake. There is actually. <laughs> Quite a few references to old school horror, isn't there? Yeah, Hellraiser, there's Texas, there's Friday at 13. Yeah, like, like old Panos is, is definitely a massive, a massive fan. Um, but yeah, but you know, he uh, he's he's made a fucking good film out of it, so I can't complain too much. No, it's definitely one to keep on your shelf. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we've done the whole google synopsis which is absolutely fucking top notch as usual uh we've done our you know my version of everything that happens in the film you've got a few you know interesting things facts about the film pretty much everything i could find or knew about it um but overall how do we feel about man so i think i, I will i will let you take this one first you, you can you can let everyone know what you think about mandy it's an interesting film. Uh, I definitely, I like it a lot. I would never say I love it, but I like it a lot. Yeah. I definitely would love it if I was stoned while watching it. Yeah, yeah. That, that definitely would help. But there are so many good shots in the film, like when Mandy's coming out of the water with the, the uh, campfire in front of her. Yeah. Very foreboding. I love that. All the visuals with the, the lighting. Even the title cards that turn up randomly through, well, not randomly, but sporadically through the film, even the main title card is an hour and 15 minutes into the film. Yeah, I was literally, I was going to say that. I left it in case just to see if you if you noted it. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right. I wrote down the exact same thing as well, that, that it takes that long for you to get the titles in it, which is insane, but also awesome. Yeah, because the, the inter... Like the inter introduced the beginning is the Shadow Mountains in like 1983, and then it's the Children of the New Dawn, and then you get the Mandy, this heavy metal, like death metal sign for Mandy. Yeah, I'm surprised we can even read it. To be fair. Yeah, yeah, it is very, very like death metal. Um, that sort of that sort that, of uh, that text on. that's illegible. Yeah. Font no here, I'm, talk, I'm talking about fonts again on the podcast. I don't think there's oh, a God. podcast that's gone on that I haven't talked about fonts. I, I kicked off on the Donnie Darko one because that's the only thing about Donnie Darko is I hate is the font that they used for the movie. Um, I just feel like they look at it and they go, that's shit. But Mandy doesn't look shit. It looks really cool. No, all the fonts in this film are perfectly fine. Yeah. Well, yeah. I so saw, I love this. Uh, well, I like this film a lot. The practical effects definitely help it. A ton. Uh, Nicholas Cage, potentially the best acting he's done in at least the last twenty years. Give yeah. or take. I wouldn't. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll speak about that, but I wouldn't disagree with you. Yeah. Because I can't think of anything else where it just kind of lets loose a little. Yeah. Although he was actually pretty, he was pretty good in Prisoners of the Ghostland. Yeah, yeah. He he's he's fantastic in Prisoners of the Ghostland, but um, I feel that. Obviously, Mandy, he's got more 
to do and there's probably more structure to his thinkings of the character but i'll go into that anyway i'll go into that when i start talking about it yeah there's a bit more depth to his character in this because it's more of a pained character yeah that's about it Uh, that's it yeah one thing i wanted to point out is at the end when he's in the car he's seeing his girlfriend wife i'm not 100 if they're married it's never clarified and he's just smiling at her, that weird sadistic yeah. smile maniacal yeah it's such a good shot oh yeah i mean yeah i mean it's so cool um yeah i love that shot I, i'm just i was going to talk about it but then i'm just going to sort of like talk about mandy in general so i um I mean, I, I, I probably, I, I, I'm guessing I probably like this film more than you, more than likely, um, possibly. I, I don't know, but basically, like, I'm on the cusp of loving. Yeah, but it's not quite there yet. The, I, so I'm on, I'm on the verge. Basically, I'm not on the verge. I'm in the the the, the camp of fully loving this film, um, and that's because um, I love to see. So a film like this is normally the type of film that I wouldn't like. And the reason I say that is that I absolutely hate films that are weird for the sake of being weird. Like I'm not a massive um, David Lynch fan because um, for me, like a lot of those films are purposely made to be weird on purpose. And I know loads and loads of people love those sort of films, but they're not, they're not like for me. Um, I, there's just something about them that I can't connect to and that's all it is so I don't like and it's you know and then horrors obviously you know full of them you've got the fucking human centipede which is a piece of shit um because once again it's just a film that's made to um make people watch it because of how fucked up it is there's I no those two films <laughs> sorry I own the first two. And oh, really? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, don't get me wrong. I've, I think I have them purely for my own uh, podcast. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, you know, but that's just me as a, as a um, you know, I, I, I love to have character. I love to have depth and so on in my films, which is why, you know, like films like, you know, The Thing, uh, The Exorcist, um, you know, those sort of horrors, you know, Texas Chainsaw, you know, they have all those elements, um, you know, The Shining, for example, which is an incredibly slow driven film, but there's just so much to it. Um, they're, the, they're, they're my sort of like horrors. And so when you get those sort of films that like Mandy, I just thought that I, I watched it because, you know, the trailer looked OK and Nicolas Cage is in it. And I thought, you know, he's all right. Um, at that point, I'm, I've never been a massive Nicolas Cage fan. So when I watched Mandy, it was a really pleasant surprise because I see the depth of Mandy. You know, it's not just a film yeah. that's made like, a tr- you know, like what, like we've said, like just so you constantly feel like you're on acid. Um, there's so much depth to it but it's also expertly crafted so visually it's one of the best films visually i've seen for ages um obviously it was 2018 so it's like 
four years ago now, but it's just visually stunning, this film. Um, yeah, I get what you mean. It's definitely it, a visual film. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just a it's it's a visual journey. That's what this film is. It's you know, if you take away the whole, you know, like we've mentioned a million times of 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 feeling like you're fucking taking something, watching it. Um, you know, it's expertly done. Like the director, you know, Panos Cosmatos, I think that's right, something like that anyway. Um, he clearly 100% knew his vision for the movie and and managed to it. yeah he ran with it and he managed to actually capture it um and none of it felt to get to my original point none of it felt out of place none of it felt like it was weird for the sake of being weird none of the characters felt like they were weird or out of place it it because it felt that it suited this universe that they had created for the movie um I so visually it's stunning. Um, story wise, I think it's an amazing turn and twist on what could easily be a classic revenge, you know, movie. Um, mm. Audio wise, um, the soundtrack is incredible. Yes, I love the soundtrack. Um, I listen to it a lot, so I've got I've got the um, the vinyl of the the soundtrack. Oh, I'm jealous of you. I'll tell you something, the vinyl is, if you, if you love, you know, if you collect vinyl, it's stunning because it's a blood red. So it's like a transparent blood red. So when you're playing it, like I've got a massive thing for like colored vinyl. Um, Cause I just love how it looks. I want, as I want the uh, Psycho Gorman one. Oh man, the Psycho Gorman. That's, that's on the list of wanting yeah. to have. Um, but I've got a lot of, you know, different sort of colored vinyls. Um but Mandy is a really nice one to play because of how obviously it just looks playing, but it just sounds fantastic on vinyl. Um, and it is such a good soundtrack and it works perfectly for the movie. Um, so visual wise, stunning audio wise, it's fantastic. Um, but like you said as well, Nicholas Cage's performance in it is amazing because he there's so much depth to it like because i'm sort of obviously convinced that there is a beforehand for red as a character that he i'm guessing was in some form of you know like the army or something you know what i mean like yeah it forces. seems like he's like ex-military or something yeah exactly you know green berets and stuff you know um which is a callback from bill duke in a commando where yeah. he's like i ate green berets for breakfast Oh, that was classic. You remember that? Was yeah. it? I'm a Green Beret, motherfucker. And it's still, uh, what's his name? Schwarzenegger's all like, uh, I do green berries for breakfast. Um, yeah. <laughs> classic. You're, gonna, you're definitely going to have to do Predator. Oh, man, I'm going to have to. But I, the problem is, is I can't help but do Schwarzenegger impressions like all the time. So I'm worried that I just do constant Schwarzenegger impressions through the whole of Predator. Um, which some people might like. And some people I mean, that might not be hate. a terrible thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he there's so much depth to his character in this film, and you actually feel that in those times, like we mentioned earlier, where like the first scene where they're together and he looks at Mandy, um, you genuinely get that sense of like love and how he can't believe how he's ended up this way after what 
in his past, he's potentially done some bad things. Yeah, maybe he doesn't deserve her. Yeah, and that's insane because it's in this sort of film that's fucking mental and it just shows how good of a performance and how he's understanding of what this character is and what he brings to it when he couldn't have, he didn't have to do it, but he, he did. And, and you get that sense of, of what's, you know, of his love and you get the sense of what's driving him to do the things he's, he's doing to, you know, to get revenge. Um, and all the cast, you can't fault any of them in it. They play, they play their characters perfectly. You know, Mandy, she, you know, they have not exactly loads they have to do in it, but it's a great performance. Yeah. For There's it. no one that falls short. Everyone's yeah. very well acted. Um, yeah. Not everyone has lines, so you don't know if they're necessarily going to say them right. No, no. But they, what they do, they do really well. Um, yeah. So performance-wise, you know, this is you're right. I would, I would say this is still, um, and I've spoken about it before in one of my other po- podcasts. I think it was when, when is it? Oh, it's, when I in one of the other previous podcasts, I did the um, a review for Prisoners of the Ghostland, and yeah. uh, Mandy was pretty much the sort of resurgence of Nicolas Cage's career in a different sort of medium. Into um, like weird indie horror. Yeah, yeah. So he did like he's now like done like Mandy. Prisoners of the Ghostland, um, the color, color of space. shape, color which of one? space. Which one? The color of space. Yeah, that's it. Color of space. Yeah. So that is, um, and I really enjoyed that film. You did that, mom and dad. Mum and dad with Selma Blair. That's the yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, is that's the one where they're fucking mental in it? Yeah, where they go like insane. Yeah. Um, so he sort of, um, you know, had his resurgence, especially for me. Um, with Mandy and that was the start of it all again for him um but I really hope that he continues down this path because it really suits him because when he wasn't doing this sort of stuff I did I didn't really like him that much I've never been a Nicolas Cage fan really I mean Face Off is a classic yeah and that thing and I watched it the other day um because you know I just I just randomly watch films and uh Face Off, I hadn't seen for quite a few years and I watched it and it is a classic and it is a really good film um, and it suits him. But it's it's when he's in those sort of films where um, he's one of those actors that can very easily take you out of what you're watching because he's so fucking mental. Um, yeah. But now he's making films that, where he can be crazy. And yeah, he's going to let off the leash a little bit with yeah. Oh, and Willy's Wonderland as well. That was the other one he oh, did. Oh, yeah. We talked about um, that. Which, um, which is mostly shit. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was Yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, you know what? I really tried to. I really tried to enjoy it. It was just, it was really, basically all the budget went on Nicolas Cage. That's pretty much oh, it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and it just feels like if, if they didn't have Nicolas Cage, they might have got like, been able to pay sort of better actors um to to play the rest of the cast that were quite obviously going to die anyway but they were so bad um that i was like jesus christ um but but the scenes once again with nicholas cage is really good and then also it's a very his character in in willie's wonderland is is very ambiguous as well because you don't really understand him you don't even say anything through the entire film it's like how are you paying for nicholas cage and for not him to not speak 
Yeah. And and once again, it's interesting because you sort of you have no idea, like, is he there for a reason? Like, did he know he's going there or is he actually a real person? And is he like a fucking army cyborg? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's so much interpretations. I've looked online afterwards because I was so confused about his character in the film that I looked Mm. online and there is so many different things that people are saying about his character and why he constantly has to drink the energy drinks and so on and um that's like the fact that he changes his shirt every time he ruins one yeah yeah exactly and then and no matter what he has to take a break at a certain time even if it means all the others are dying um yeah because someone's about to die and he just leaves yeah that's break time yeah that's it so there, there must be something but then you know no one knows really until you know, he or the director turns around and tells you, yeah, that's definitely it. Um, but that's Willy's Wonderland. That's a, that's pretty much a review in it. So there we go. Um, but um, yeah, Mandy, it, for me personally, it ticks every box for the type of film that it's trying to be. And I think that's all you can sort of ask for, especially for someone like me, who, as I said, doesn't normally like the sort of films that are purposely weird. It just doesn't feel purposely weird. It just feels like a piece of art. And that's, that's what it, that's what it's like for me. Mm. Um, yeah, I think the reason why I don't love it as much as you do is I'm a very much into my slashes a bit more. Yeah. yeah. So the beginning of it's a little bit slow. Yeah. I think that's why I'm not quite on that love. Yeah, yeah, it is a very, it is a very slow film, and it does build up. Um, oh yeah, once you get into that last like hour, that's where it all kicks off. Yeah, yeah, it does, and 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 it is this very slow start. Um, but it is one of those films why I can see people, like I can literally see why people hate it, you know, um, mm, or can't yeah. watch it because. It is not for everyone, this film. Um, but for the people that do enjoy it, you know, it's a big it's a big deal and, and it deserves to get sort of, you know, the positive reviews and respect and and everything that it gets. Um, but that's that's horror. And sort of going back on what you said as well, where you're saying talking about um, sort of slasher films and stuff. Um I think that's what's incredible about this this genre. And obviously, uh, you know, going a little bit off topic. I mean, we've pretty much discussed Mandy in every every way that we can now. Um, so, yeah, Mandy, um, if you haven't seen Mandy, you need to see it. If you are a fan of horror or Nick Cage or Nick Cage or revenge films and you don't mind sitting there watching something um that feels like you've taken something you shouldn't have um, <laughs> or should Question have. Mark. Question yeah. mark. Yeah. If, you know, for, for like two hours and just be on this absolute fucking trip, then you will love Mandy. It is, it's, I genuinely love this film. I did do from the first watching and it actually gets better and better every time. I watch it so um, it fully deserves the praise that it's got and I do genuinely hope you have all seen it and if you haven't and you listen to this podcast and you're like you know what I've never seen it I'll give it a go please do but 
just give it a chance. That's I think that's all you need to do with this film is give it a chance um, because it's a bit fucking weird. But in like you said earlier as well, the, in the oh, best, yeah, it's a good way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, in in the best way. Um, so that's Mandy. But like I so. Um, when you were talking about slasher films earlier, as I said, I was going to get into it, but we pretty much, as I said, finished um, talking about Mandy. Um, this is what's great about horror is that it is a genre that has the best fans in the world, but there's so many, you know, sub genres within it. And that's what's oh, yeah, far too many. And that is, yeah, you're right. There's so many and it's difficult to keep up. Um, but that's what's amazing you know um you know you've got the slasher films you've got films like this um you know you've got the type of films where like i mentioned earlier like the shining where it's all very much story driven and mm. you know and like halloween for example is a slasher film but there's like no blood in it um star classic though yeah exactly and that's the thing you just just horror is so so what what I want to ask you is why why do you love horror? Oh, that's a, a deep question. It is a deep um, question, and I'm going to ask you it. <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe there's some sort of hidden trauma in my past that I've not dealt with. Um, no, I think back in the day, my dad used to show me a lot of different films from like action to horror yeah. to whatnot, and I've kind of just grown with it. And... It's always been there. But I love it because you get to meet so many different characters within the stories. Yeah. Whether it be following the killer and rooting for them, as we do with most of the big names in Slashers. Which is so interesting. Yeah, you're right. Because any time a Friday the 13th film comes out, you're not rooting for the the kids. You're no. always going to be rooting for Jason or, yeah. spoiler alert, Miss Farhees in the first one. Yeah, yeah. Um. Which is fucked up, right? It's like, it's fucked up. I always have this conversation with people all the time, right? And, uh, like, I I always use Nightmare on Elm Street as the biggest example. Um, You know, we want to see what Freddy does, and we actually root for Freddy. Oh, yeah, Freddy, how creative he gets. Yeah, but Freddy's the biggest piece of shit ever, because he's a a child-molesting piece of fucking shit. Um. Ultimately, he's a child molester who they killed because, you know, that's who yeah. he is. And that's what you'd fucking do. And, um, you Come know, he kill everyone. <laughs> yeah. And then that's it. And then he comes back and fucking haunts everybody's dreams. So basically, Freddie wins. He's like the ultimate bad guy. You know, he literally has been given a chance to get away with the most disgusting fucking thing you can do and then comes back and kills everyone. But, we still want to see it and we still root for him. Um, so it's Until we get to those last couple and it's like, yeah, we'll skip those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> well, there's some good kills in those even so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you, it, it, the kills is what you come for with those films, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, if it's a big named property, you definitely go for the kills. Like, even yeah. with the new Texas yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to talk about it because yeah, we won't go too into it because there is a there's a nice video on this on the channel's YouTube. Yeah, go watch it. Yeah, do it. 
it's in depth and um, as I said it wasn't supposed to be as long as it was but I what happens is I get really fucking angry um, <laughs> and then I just go off on one for a long long time um, about it being disrespectful to what it is and I just find it very difficult to go into a film that's a franchise like Texas Chainsaw Massacre that feels like it didn't understand what it came from and have any respect to the characters that's all I'm going to say and loads of people will always will say that I'm wrong because like I actually said in the review if you love slasher films you will like this film because you can li- I, I don't actually I'm talking about the fucking film now this is what happens this look at what happens <laughs> I am um, fact, I did like the film not necessarily plot wise but yeah and this go. is the thing like and 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 once again it goes back to why I love horror films because I literally find these discussions that we get to have with each other so interesting because if you like slasher films and like you will love the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre like I didn't dislike the film I just dislike how it handled um the frat like its attempt at the franchise you know like it killed Sally Hardesty fucking and it shouldn't have done because it's not it doesn't feel like it's their place to do that you know what I mean um You know, there's nothing visually reminiscent of the original. You know, the original is a classic for a reason because it's fucking terrifying. And there's nothing terrifying about this new film. But is it fun to watch? Yes. So that's why I will always say to people or anybody I've spoken to who's asked me, oh, what do you think of the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre? I've literally just said, watch it. Um, because you will, everybody will always take from these films what they want and that's that's exactly how we should be watching these films if you watch it and you enjoy it um and you have the fucking best time watching it and you think the new texas chainsaw massacre is like the best film you've seen for ages then fucking right on because uh that's the way that they fucking should be right everyone's entitled their own opinion exactly yeah i mean unfortunately we live in a social world where pretty much everybody's forgotten how to do that um, and horror, horror is definitely one of those uh, controversial ones when it comes to opinions. Like I remember when Scream came out, and I saw a couple of people posting saying that this was the worst film they've ever seen. I'm like, is that the new one? Yeah, the original. Oh, the new one. Yeah, the new one. And I was like, Sharknado's out. How is that? Yeah, better than this. Man, I literally. So I don't know if you've seen. So I watched a film the other day called House Shark. Oh God. Right? And. Do you know what? It was actually good because, I mean, it's awful and it's way too long. Like, I don't know why they made it to that. It's like two hours, but it's purposefully made to be bad. Like, it's not one of those where it's Sharknado, where it's like, we know we're a bad film, but we're going to try and make a half decent film out of something that's bad. Um, This film knows it's purposely trying to be bad. So it actually works and makes sense. Um, so there's a shout out to House Shark. <laughs> I might have to go look first. I like bad films. <laughs> it's on Amazon, Amazon Prime, House Shark. Um, but it is quite funny. It is it is comical, but it's purposefully comical. Um, but yeah, you're right. You've got all these other films around, um, you know, like Sharknado and that. But yeah, and they're saying Scream is fucking shit, um, yeah. which is another review I've got on the channel. Um Basically, I'm, I review... I'm giving you all these plugs. <laughs> you are. You do basically. You're doing it all for me. You're going to have to do yours in a minute, mate. I'll tell you. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. So horror. That's that's you with horror. That's that's why you love. Yeah, I just love, love the carnage. The carnage. There you go. That's what there you come you. for. The carnage. And that's yeah. the thing. It's just it's just so interesting because you know you come for the carnage and and then some people come for the story or the performances and stuff you know it's it is it is amazing i I love i love horror films i really do um i i hope people you know when they listen to the podcast they can tell how much i do or how much they mean to me and and how much they do to so many other people because uh it's just it's just amazing you know you get so much you get so much enjoyment out of so many different types of subgenres within this genre um, that it's just it's just awesome. It's so good, um, and I know that we've spoken about it before on the show. But for anybody who hasn't um, heard it before, what was your first experience with horror? So as far back as I can remember, I remember my dad's showing me scream like the og scream yeah, yeah. scream is like one of my favorite franchises so i will talk about this a lot yeah uh it was probably the earliest film i remember there's probably somewhat worse than that um but that's the one i remember the most uh i just love it this ghost face you're such an interesting character like so different to all the other big icons that would have been out then yeah and the big reveal at the end. Oh yeah, such an iconic part of uh, films now, like Who Done It franchise esque stuff. Yeah, I also mean the intro, the intro as well. Oh yeah, Oof. it's fucking insane. Like I remember, like I always had a massive crush on Drew Barrymore. So like, I mean, when... Drew Barrymore's still looking pretty oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, so when she uh, when she like you know dies at the start, you're I remember I was like fuck, like not only do you not think it's going to happen, but I was like not Drew Barrymore, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you're like with Scream, it's so cool because like I was already you know being the old man that I am, I was already you know like by the time Scream came out, I was already like a hardcore horror fan, um, but that's how important scream is to horror because even then you felt that you were watching something new and you were watching something important that was going to change everything because it had to because everything had become pretty much the same um the scream literally was a new life of for horror you know thank god wes craven is such a fucking legend because he literally did that throughout his career. You know, he would just rewrote horror all the fucking time and him and Kevin Williamson made scream and it was so important. So it's, I love it when I hear, you know, you like yourself, you know, talk about scream and saying that was the, you know, one of the films that you fit, you know, you remember earliest and got you into it because even for, people like me who were already massively into the horror universe it was still fucking immense you know yeah it changed everything for, for like a long time yeah it did it you know and, and it's a testament um to to wes craven um that it still can, yeah yeah did it did it still going it's still going and although i have 
like that one main massive big fucking problem that should have never happened in it. Oh, I have a couple of issues with it as well, but that's yes. beside the point. Yeah. <laughs> but overall, as a film, you know, did it, I felt that it very much well paid respect to um, Scream as a franchise moving forward. That's how I look at it. Yeah, you know, interesting to see where they go next. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You, you know, especially out of everything that we're we're getting at the moment with you know the new Halloween movies and um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and anything else like Evil Dead Rise and stuff. Obviously, which I'm optimistic. Optimi- oh yeah, Hopefully you know, I'm looking good. forward to it. I'm looking forward to it because you know I'm not. I've I've purposely not said much about it. Is in you know because I was so shocked by Evil Dead 2013 that. I shut up after that because obviously, you know, not at any point did I ever want them to make a fucking evil dead film without Bruce Campbell, but they did and they bossed it. So yeah, um, yeah, 2013's Evil Dead was a solid film. Oh yeah. And you know, that's like for me, the, the uh, pinnacle of, of how you do it. If you're going to do a reboot or reboot or remake or requal as they're fucking calling it now, um, you know, that's how you do it. So out of the new screen, you know, going back to it, I felt that it was done probably the best out of the newer lot so far. You know, obviously taking out Evil Dead because that was a while ago now. Um, yeah. But yeah, out of the new lot that's, you know, that's that's been this year or or last year. Like, let's say like the last four years. We'll yeah. Include Halloween 2018. Yeah. Then they, I think Scream did it right, apart from one fucking big thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, there is that, yeah. which I won't say about actually, just in case people yeah, go watch the review. Go oh, watch go the review. The there you go. You're plugging me again. Um, yeah. Well, talking about plugins, so we've we've pretty much done it, um, and we've gone off topic as well. Talking about you know your your first experiences with horror, and we've talked about why you love horror. So, so your podcast. T- tell us about it plug it go on because you've done well, enough for me if you like uh if you like listening to people go off topic uh come to our podcast because we do that on a regular basis <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about a film it's great so we are spaceman and the doll it is myself and my friend katie we tend to just have a conversation about a film discuss what we like what we got like less so much with the formal stuff of like all the facts and trivia is sometimes uh it's literally just two friends talking about uh, a genre that we all love having a good old conversation yeah essentially it's just that's what we want to do we just want to talk about horror it's what i've been trying to do for a few years and finally found someone who was also willing to spend multiple hours talking about it yeah 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 i mean so come find us we're on spotify iTunes, um, Google, more, pretty much the normal places. The, the the super duper platforms that everyone can go and watch and listen to them on. Yeah, um, you mean like for? Yeah, 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 platforms. Pretty, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, that's all you need as long as you're on Spotify and, and Apple. You you you've done it. Yeah, we've got Google as well. I think. But... Oh yeah, of course, Google. Google's there as well for for the Google Ads. But remember, at some point it'd be a real person, so. Mm. Um, soon amazon will have podcasts as well you never know yeah everything's gonna happen everything will change i mean you know podcasts i love podcasts i love listening to them um obviously i love doing it because um 
there's something uh, nostalgic about it. There's something old school about it. I was having this conversation the other day, um, but I, I love it because, um, especially for me, you know, in you know the nineties growing up and that, you know, being you know young in the eighties and the saying in the nineties, I was walking around with my you know Walkman and stuff, and it was all audio. Nothing was visual, um, and that's the thing with 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 podcasts. You know, you can really immerse yourself in this audio journey um, through horror um, or whatever subject that you're listening to. And it's, and you get something very nostalgic through it. Um, So I think, I think that's a really good thing for, for people is to get really interested into podcasts. And I'm really happy that it's a, it's sort of a a medium and an art that people are starting to listen to more and has obviously been fucking going mental for the last few years now. Um, and I'm I'm happy that it's accessible for people like me who's fucking useless and people like you oh, that know a lot more about it. I don't know. I'm pretty useless when it comes to the audio part of things. <laughs> but we at least we can do it, eh? Yeah. Um, it's, it's manageable. Yeah. So you and your your co-host, your friends, how long have you been friends for? Uh funny enough, not that long. Just... Uh, we, we started talking last year in September. Yeah. And we decided I think we started the podcast in December, so we weren't friends that long. No. So no. it's interesting that it's it's going fairly smoothly at the moment. Well, that's nice. Um, because, um, you know, once you start getting a few films that you disagree on, then we'll see, eh? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, so far, she doesn't like uh, Drag Me to Hell. No way. I'm, I'm sort of like, eh, it's a decent film, but it's not the best. See, once again, see, this is what this is. Ah, oh, do you know, this is what I love. I, I will not stop saying it, but this is what I love about horror because I will watch Drag Me to Hell and I could literally watch it straight afterwards because for me, I, like, I absolutely love Drag Me to Hell because it was like the return of evil dead Sam Raimi. Yeah, it's very uh, slapstick. Yeah, and I, but I absolutely love it. So when, once again, I hear somebody that goes, yeah, it's all right. I just I love that because I'm like, like it's awesome. In the text I was getting, she was oh, like, really? I I... she was like, I hate this film. I'm like, <laughs> it's not that bad. So I did listen to one of your podcasts, and I think it was one of uh, like, well, obviously I've listened to more of them, but one of the podcasts because um, I listened to the one about the voices as well. Um, but oh, I listened yeah. to one where I think uh, your co-host had seen Hellraiser for the first time, possibly. Yes. And I don't know what she really like made of it. It sounded like she didn't really know herself. Uh, I think it's just oh, tr- trying to think back or even when I watched Hellraiser the first time. It's one of those, I think she expected it to be a lot different to yeah. what it actually was. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not as um, chaotic, I guess. Yeah. As she probably expected. No, it's, it's, it's romantic. That's what I look at. Yeah, it's like I- a... It's, bloody romance film yeah i mean that's the thing that's what that's what i look at hellraiser you know it's very um i mean that shows me how fucked up my brain is that thinking something like hellraiser romantic but i'm the guy that thinks deftones is the sexiest music that's ever made so um you know that's where we differ (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah exactly um but um yeah i mean you know podcast wise it's uh, you know i'm I hope that it's, you know, he's going well and I hope that you continue it um, because I think everyone that is doing a podcast should and keep talking about what they love, whatever the subject is. And luckily, 
our subject that we talk about is is horror. Yeah, there's um, plenty of films to talk about as well. Absolutely. There's so many franchises, there's so many standalones, there's so many people of horror um, that, we, that we've got to speak about. So many legends, so many directors, actors, actresses, like everything. There's, there, it's so vast that we have um, to talk about and the knowledge is that we have already and the knowledge that's out there um, gives us a, a good platform to work from. So... Um, yeah keep it keep it going because if you love it then that's all that matters wow we're still going so fast it's so far so good yeah that's it keep we're it doing up. it weekly that's not terrible no well that's it i mean you're doing more than what i'm i'm doing it once a month so you, you know one you... more effort into yours you're doing it by yourself it's totally fine no oh, see look, you're so nice to me you <laughs> i wish you were in my brain all the time you've been plugging my podcast while you've been on it and then you're telling me do you know what it's all right listen every time i record a podcast all i do is think how shit it is so um <laughs> so uh it, it's nice to have uh have have somebody on on the podcast with me because you say doing i'm doing it on my own and um i drive myself absolutely fucking mental but do you know what in the future I, i'm trying my best to see what i can do to potentially bring out more than one a month but that's it but for now your your podcast is uh you know you're doing it you're you're getting on with your co-host for now <laughs> <laughs> we'll see when we get to the i don't know we, we haven't figured out what films we love in here yet to each other so we'll no. see well keep it that way for now um but keep talking uh keep watching those horrors and uh and keep up the podcast because um you know we all need to we need, we need to keep going at this thing and if um if you listen to the podcast make sure you do go and listen to uh, spaceman and the doll um that's on everything because um you you know you need to that's what i'm gonna say you need to fact yeah there you go you need to you've been you told to. come do it yeah exactly you've been told two people have told you and that's all that matters if two people tell you that's enough fact and that's it i just i deal with facts i'm a man of science <laughs> um um that's it that is pretty much it thank you so much for being our second guest on the let's talk horror channel thank podcast. You for having me on the podcast oh no thank you for coming on do you know what it's it's so much i do this sounds really bad actually but it's so much it sounds like i hate i did a little interview with um with uh so, uh, an instagram page um the other day and um which is on, which is on the instagram page now if you want to see a little written interview that i did um but it's um it's tough doing it on your own um all the time so to have somebody that i can talk to about a film and about the genre and stuff um i always really find it incredibly interesting and really fun um so thank you for 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 coming on and, and doing it doing the episode with me no problem it was a pleasure to be here nice right well listen you take care of yourself you uh enjoy um the rest of your evening rest of your weekend and you keep up the podcast uh and for everyone like we've already said go and listen to it and we've we've both said so yeah come listen that's it right and thank also you. <laughs> go on go on and also keep watching and listening to the Let's Have Let's Talk About Horror channel. Now see, look, look how nice you are. You're too <laughs> nice to me. <laughs>
<laughs> right. Take care, my friend. Speak to you yes, soon. Take care. See ya. So what a lovely guy Zophod is. I'm sorry. I know I've done his name wrong again, but he's not here to shout at me at the moment. So um, I don't think he'd shout at me anyway. Just to probably knows that i'm gonna fuck it up and and that's just me um but what a lovely guy right plugging this podcast within the podcast like inception for for horror um yeah you know we're all in this together this podcast game and i love it when i get guests on um but please do go and show love and support to the spaceman and doll podcast um as we said it's on you know your apple podcast spotify Google, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and go and support them, leave reviews, follow them on Instagram, do the usual sort of stuff that you do um, with podcasts. Um, because, you know, we all we all need the support. And uh, we sometimes we just need to know that it's worth us doing it all. You know, he's another fan of horror that is taking his time. And so is his co-host, obviously. Um, to talk about something that they they love and means a lot to them um, and puts them in a really good place. And that's that's amazing that uh, a type of film can do that and enough to get people talking about it. So, yeah, go go and support so, uh, Spaceman and the Dole podcast as much as you can. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. You know, when I do these podcasts um, with a, with a guest, they always l- run a little bit longer than than usual. Um, so I always like to sort of wrap it up um, a little bit quicker, so that way you don't have to hear me talking more absolute fucking shit. And uh, yeah, so let's wrap it up with what I absolutely love, and that's the segment your first time i will always try and do what i can to fit this in and the only thing i do ask is that if you do want a shout out or a mention on this podcast in this segment then all you've got to do is get on instagram and send me a message of your first experience you remember of watching a horror film this segment means a lot to me because in general, outside of this podcast, I love having conversations about horror films, as you know, because I say it every fucking episode. And I love hearing your experiences, your first time with a horror, because we never fucking forget our first time. Whether it started you on this path, this journey through horror that you absolutely love, or whether you absolutely fucking hate it because that first memory scared the shit out of you. You know, either way, you don't forget it. Whether you love it, you hate it, it's it's fucking there and uh, it's stuck in your brain forever. So hearing these memories, this nostalgia that you have for it, good or bad, uh, I love hearing it. So please don't just um, send me in, you know, your first film is in the title of the film and that's it i can't really mention that too much in that that's what i get a lot of what i need and what i'd like is to genuinely hear your experience of of what what film it was and how it happened and what happened and how it made you feel and and everything so that's why on this one with the episode running a little bit longer than the normal um 
I'm just going to have uh, this one that I got sent through. That's another example of what I'm trying to get out of this segment. Um, and it's another great one. Um, but this one that we got through is from Lady Crisis 7. Um, and I believe that she got into the um, Let's Talk Horror Channel podcast not that long ago. But since then, she has been an incredible supporter and I can only thank her, you know, so much um, for, for, for the support and the sharing the podcast that she's done. You know, when, when somebody takes the time to do that, it really means the world to me that someone's listening to the podcast and enjoys it enough to, to pass it on and share it on to others. So thank you so much for that. Um, but the memory that she has once again is a great one and I'm going to read it for you. And I, as, as I always do, I like to read it as if, you know, the, the text and the way that they sent it to me. So the first horror movie that I remember watching was the pet cemetery, 1983. I must've been about five or six and probably came out of bed um, from bed to see what my parents were watching. I remember sitting on my dad's lap and watching the scene where Pascal, the deceased victim of an automobile accident, leads Louis in a dream to the pet cemetery. In that moment, I said aloud, he must not have been looking both ways before he crossed the street. Both of my parents laughed and I had no idea why. Anyway, to this day, it is still a favourite horror movie of mine. And once again... It's another example of why I love this segment because, you know, what an amazing memory and the nostalgia that that must bring back um, for, for her um, and those good memories, you know, you can't buy them and it's great. And this is the sort of, um, you know, memory that has started her on this journey through horror and it's amazing. So make sure as well, you do go and check out her Instagram page and her TikTok. Um, just search for Lady Crisis 7 because she does some really fucking awesome stuff. Uh, she's got some great videos and fun videos on TikTok. Um, some some really good videos as well, obviously, on the, her Instagram page. Um, all basically made, based on um, sort of special effects makeup and the makeup she does is awesome. Um, incredibly talented, talented person and um, also an absolute fucking legend because she listens to the podcast and likes it enough to send me her memory and also share it. And that's really leads on to what I need from you. Um, this podcast goes from strength to strength and that does it because of you. You are all fucking amazing. And it genuinely means so much to me that people are taking the time out of their life to listen to this absolute fucking idiot, <laughs> you know, talk about something he loves. And one of the big feedbacks that I get from all of you is that you can tell how passionate I am about it. And that's because I am. I love movies in general. But horror got me through so fucking much in life and put me in good places where 
so many people think horror is going to do the opposite and put you into a fucking bad place and you end up going around and killing fucking everyone. No, people don't do that because of watching horror. They fucking enjoy it. And that's exactly what I've done since I was a kid. It's it's like it's art. That's what I do when I look at these films and I love it and I'm very passionate about it. And it's really amazing when people and fans of the show contact me and just say that they really enjoy the show and they can tell how passionate I am about the subjects that I talk about because that's why I'm doing it. I want to share my feelings, my experience when talking, you know, when I'm talking about whether it's a film or a person of the genre or a topic of the genre. I talk about things that I want to because they're things that mean a lot to me, but they mean a lot to the genre. They are the foundations of what it is and they are the present to what it is. So thank you so much to everybody that listens. And I know I do this pretty much every episode, but that's because it means a lot to me because I keep to get I get to keep doing this. And I want to continue doing this. So all I ask from you is that if you do listen to the podcast, do everything you can to share it because I want this podcast to be more than than what it is. I want it to be the place that everybody goes to hear somebody talk about something they love. And I want you to be as much of a part of it as you can be and as much as I can do everything I can to make you a part of it. So yeah, thank you so much, as usual, um, for listening. I really do hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed all the other episodes. And in regards to coming up i'm also incredibly excited about what's coming so the next two episodes i can i will not tell you what they're about because i love to keep you in suspense sort well as, as suspenseful as it can be they're like this it's a secret and i'm keeping it it's mine for now um but yeah i know what they're going to be about um and i do know that i'm going to have a guest for both of them and They're super looking forward to talking about it, and I'm really looking forward to it. What I will tell you is that the next episode after this is going to be about one of the most important and influential films in horror that I think um, it is um, of all time. It is anyone who knows me outside of this knows how much I love this film, how much it means to me, and how much I think it means to horror. So we're going with a classic for the next one. Because the last one we did, which was uh, obviously Donnie Darko, um, was, you know, a cult film. And um, this one that we're talking about now on this one, Mandy, is also a cult film. So why not get back to the classics? So I'm super looking forward to that. And the one after that, I'm really looking forward to because it is another... um, it is another time that I'm trying to do what I can with this podcast um, to branch it out and the way i put it to somebody the other day was that if you look at the first five episodes of this podcast um i don't actually talk about a film in specific i don't talk about a film of the genre um you know what i'm talking about is so from the first and the second episode i've been or or the second and third whatever it is uh, i was talking about the decades and then the psychological side and the impact of horror um then i've talked about the special effects of horror and i've spoken about 
John Carpenter, you know, the master of horror himself. You know, I don't want to just um, bring you episodes where I'm just talking about a film and then moving on. I don't want to do that because there's so much in horror that's important that that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the the people of horror that I love and the things of horror that I love, all behind the scenes and everything. So that episode that's going to be um, coming up after the one that where I'm talking about, the classic, I nearly said what it was then, I nearly fucking gave it away and then I would have been right pissed off. Um, but we're going to be talking about one person. This person is a fucking legend. I have loved this guy. I've, well, fucking hell, I've almost gave it away. Um, I've loved this guy since I was a fucking kid. He is massive in horror and he is a legend. And I can't wait to do that episode. And I know the person that I'm going to be having as a guest on that episode can't wait as well. Um, that's going to be super fun. And yeah so i'm i'm saying i'm gonna say no more because that's quite a few times i've nearly given away what the next episodes are gonna be i don't want to do that um so yeah so thank you that that's pretty much all i can say is uh thank you so much for listening again do everything you can to share the podcast um, if you know other people that love horror and haven't listened to it, get them on board. And don't forget to get on Instagram, follow me on there, send me a message if you want me to add you into the next podcast with your first time. Or if you've just got a conversation about the podcast or the YouTube channel, you want to ask me, just fucking ask me and, you know, I'll get back to you. Um, and, you know, it, let, let's let's do this all together let, let's take let's talk horror channel to the next level and uh, i can do my part but you will pay the biggest part i can just keep making these and and no one could listen but it's a lot nicer if people do listen i'm not gonna lie <laughs> so yeah so get involved and as usual all i can ask you to do is stay creepy <laughs>